All right. So today, today, ladies and gentlemen, we will be smoking mass quantities of marijuana and speaking our fucking minds. That's another question I think I should have. How censored should we be? I mean, should we cuss? I think we should cuss. It's a 420 podcast. And I think we should maybe be, maybe be. Okay, I can't be making up words on this thing. Um, but yeah, so we should definitely have it raw and uncensored. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think but we should get the beeper, beep, beep, for the cussing to put on other platforms because we don't want to get flagged. Yeah, you hear that, kid? We do quack noises instead of a bleep when we do cussing. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what if we do it ourselves every time? I was like, oh, there'd have to be some kind of punishment if you miss it. You just like do like this whole story where you're just like talking all low, and I told him, like, you gotta be flagging kidding me. <laughs> In my titties today, we have one, one uh, uh, uh. um 8-bit <laughs> video game lighter. It's very warm. Here you go, sister. Oh, she got one. She got a titty lighter. I got it for her. Huh. What else do I have in this titty? I have a roach oh. clip. Um, let's talk a little bit about social anxiety then. <laughs> um, there have been plenty of times where, not anymore, not nowadays, because I've faced all my fears traveling alone, but there have been many times in my life where we were invited to a function or there was some sort of social gathering going on and I would drive there against my best thoughts like i do not want to leave the house i do not want to socialize but i'll drive all the way to this event get dressed up smoke a lot of weed have money in my pocket and then i'll i'll not be able to find a parking spot and it'll be like cold or raining so i'm out let's just smoke and drive (laughs) too many times that's happened when was this that bad anytime i've ever been invited anywhere in cleveland um 10, 10 plus years ago when I still had anxiety. Because oh, okay. I would get anxiety about finding somewhere to park or my car getting towed or something like that. I don't know. It's just something about a pocket full of money that really makes you not fucking care about anything. What are they going to do? Tell my shit? I'll get it out. Who fucking cares? What are they going to do? Give me a ticket? I'll pay it. Who fucking cares? Driving 100 on the highway. What are they going to do? Give me a speeding ticket? I'll give them $100 and keep on fucking speeding. I want to yeah, go fast like today. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm still broke, so that's the problem. I just got to get richer so I can maintain this lifestyle. One of the things that happens to you when you become a tattoo artist or you become close with a tattoo artist is you start to see things differently. Like, everything would be a sick would be a sick tattoo. <laughs> like, oh my God, look at that statue holding a baby. That would be a sick tattoo. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed about being a tattoo artist is when I... When I wait in line now, <laughs> anywhere I'm at, when I'm waiting in line, I'm checking everybody out. Every <laughs> inch of skin. All, all the way up and down. On their bodies. I like to wear sunglasses everywhere I go because I'm staring <laughs> hardcore at people. I, <laughs> sta- I stare at everyone. Airports? Oh, my gosh. And I judge people based off their tattoos. I really do. Because, honestly, if you're 50, 40 years old... And you have nothing but shitty tats. I'm sorry. You've made some bad decisions in your life. And I don't trust you. <laughs> like Everyone makes bad decisions in their life. You know what I mean? But if you ain't got one good tattoo yet, pretty much uh, you need to get your life together, bro. Because you can't just be walking around with shitty ink for your entire life. No, no.
I really do judge people that way. People, I mean, that's pe- a sound way to judge people that way. I mean, that- people will message you and say, I want this tattoo, and they'll send you an exact picture. And you'll say, okay, I could do something like that where you want to put it at on your body. And they'll say, I want it on my arm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, what part of your arm? My lower arm. And I'm like, all right, well, about how big do you think that you want this tattoo? Almost every single time, before or after they tell me that their arms aren't that big, they say I would like it medium-sized. <laughs> medium-sized. Or when they say size. Like whose palm, bro? <laughs> Shaquille right. O'Neal? You've never seen my A baby's palm? I love when people hit me up with what um with the, with their own price. Oh, that's nice negotiation right there. I'm trying to get this tattoo. I got two hundred dollars, and they come in here expecting a half sleeve, and they have a hand sticker, and they're like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "It's your budget. <laughs> I can either make what you want really small, or I can just take a corner <laughs> of the tattoo. We can just do one corner at a time, however you fit your budget. It kills me." That people literally try to bargain with tattoos because, like, it's forever, bro. Like, people spend thousands of dollars on vehicles that will shit on you a year or two from now. People spend hundreds of dollars on shoes that wear and tear over time. But to spend hundreds of dollars, even thousands of dollars, on something that you literally get to look at every day for the rest of your life, why is that something you're trying to bargain? But yet, here we are. And I'll tell you why. Here's my theory why. Because there's so many people out here doing shitty, ugly tattoos for nothing for $50, $60. People think, oh, I don't care if it looks like shit. There's marks on my body. I'm cool. I'll pay 50 bucks for it. Right. But then when those people grow up and evolve and start to think clearer, they're like, oh, shit. Then they're coming and paying thousands of dollars to get this shitty ink covered up with beautiful artwork. Which I commend those people, I really do, because it takes a lot to grow, but uh, let's make the right decisions the first time, people. And my first tattoo was one of those. My first tattoo, yeah, it was one of those. I mean, the and f- I'll stick with it. Like, it's it's here. It's, it's here for life. But despite my best efforts. Well, my first 500 tattoos that I did were in a house. And there's something interesting, because I'm the first one to be like, ugh about like home tattooers and a lot of that is because I know when you know you grow I think there's something else that I wanted to talk about anyway was uh the right way to become a tattoo artist because I think I get so upset with some people when they ask me absurd questions but then I have to remember that maybe they just don't know it's absurd because now that I'm traveling and I'm going to different states the stigma and the regulations are different everywhere you go. So in some states, like, it's the norm to learn how to tattoo at home. Like, it's the norm to get a tattoo at a house. Like, a lot of people become licensed artists and then go tattoo at home because taxes and, and shit like that is just crazy in those states. And the states don't have any laws against it. Ohio is one of those states. We really don't have too many laws completely against it. Against what specifically? Against tattooing at home. I mean... We have laws about business, and but I can't call the police and say, hey, this dude's doing tattoos in his house, and they can't go arrest him. The most they can do is like he can get a civil lawsuit from somebody who gets a tattoo there. And then if he gets a civil lawsuit, then he, then he can get criminal charges after that. There was actually one guy who tried to work in my shop uh, some years ago. I had a bad feeling about him. One of the biggest bad feelings was the fact that he was just released from prison the day that he messaged me (laughs) 
the second bad feeling was um, I was in the hospital giving birth to my son and he was messaging me about coming to work for me. And I'm like, yo, bro, chill. <coughs> I literally just gave birth a couple hours ago. Like, don't message me again. He messaged me again. Long story short, I blocked him. Got that energy out of my life real quick. And about three or four months later, I read in the newspaper that he was in jail for, uh, he was tattooing at home, but he didn't go to jail for tattooing at home. He went to jail for tattooing minors without their parents' permission. In the state of Ohio, there is no legal age to get tattooed um, as long as you have parental consent. That is crazy. There's also there's a lot of states where you cannot be under 18 under any circumstances. Well, so so nowhere in Ohio law is it specified in age. Correct. Just as long as there's parental supervision. Correct. Yep. Uh, the it's parent. The language. Yeah, the parent has to come sign for them, parent or guardian. And uh, pretty much, even if you do tattoo a minor without parental consent, only the parent can complain about it. So if they have parents that don't give a shit or they're like runaways or emancipated teens, technically they can come get a tattoo. Jesus Christ, Josh. Who told you to roll up that much weed? <laughs> what the hell? What? I'm I'm just... <laughs> you, you said, who told you to stop rolling the first time? <laughs> so, um, We're smoking marijuana. So if you have a problem with that, why are you my friend on Facebook? But anyway, yeah. So, uh, okay, Brandon, coming in strong with the questions quick. What got you into tattooing? She made me do it. Literally. Maddie lived with me at the time. Stuff was going on complicated work-wise for me. Um, So she's like, yo, uh... You should do it. <laughs> and I'm like, nah. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, nah. And she's like, do it. And I'm like, all right. So I got into it. But that's all you're going to get from me on that. Don't do me like that. Uh, don't victimize me like that. Um, this is called high vibes hangout, not sober vibes hangout. So yeah, <laughs> I'm fried. Anyway, um, we ain't even lit no blunt yet, bro. We're smoking one. This is a king poem. Oh, I got a question. What's one of your favorite pieces? I have a different favorite piece every week. I get asked that question a lot on tour. Yeah, I have a different favorite piece every week. Sometimes a favorite piece of the day, like um, thanks to my loyal clients and people I meet on the road and people who trust me with their bodies, I've been able to do a lot of cool stuff. People have been giving me a lot of uh, creative control. I know y'all have been watching. I've been that piece I did last night, if actually everyone watched, if you don't mind going back and liking and sharing my last reel, the um, the piece I did last night, um, he came to me with an, with an outline. He was really set on that outline. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to make the piece my own. I said, what do you want to do with the colors? And he said, my favorite thing, do whatever you'd like. Free reign. Free reign. So I, I had one image in my head, but then when I sit down, I look at the piece and I saw that um, the girl in the piece had like uh, a, an elf ear. And I said, oh, this is like a fantasy piece. Let me get out all my colors. So yeah, in case y'all haven't noticed, um, Lisa Frank is one of my biggest inspirations as a child. You know, <sighs> I grew up in... 
uh, <laughs> I was going to say in a home where we didn't have a lot of possessions, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we were broke, you know, as an adult now understanding, like our bills were paid and our tummies were full, but, um, but yeah, no, there was a time where I couldn't, you know, have a lot of things, a lot of possessions, but the one thing that I always had <clears throat> was a, a, a 96 box of crayons, um, every coloring book that I could find. Lisa Frank, everything. I don't know if she just made her stuff affordable back then or what, but my mom always made sure I had the folders, the pens, the pencil pouches, like Lisa Frank, everything. And even the coloring books. And my mom would sit, would lay with me. We would lay on the floor and watch movies or cartoons and pop popcorn, and we would color for hours, nice. hours. That's what it should be. And we would, we would have coloring books, and, and they would say, uh, Mom, 1996, like, uh, no. or it would say, That's Rachel. Do you still have them? Um, she has everything. Yeah, she definitely. Yeah, she definitely. Was she has totes full of items. Um, <laughs> probably float away. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, seriously, she has lots of stuff, and a lot of stuff was ruined growing up. But she still manages to have so much of our stuff. But also, um, I have a shed full of some things as well. Um, I did the same thing with my kids. So there's a lot of coloring books that I have that'll say Ava, Bella, Mom, and I'm Mom now. So it's pretty cool. One of those things I got to. Yep. Mom, me and mom always did that in all our coloring books when I was little. But yeah, so I've been coloring since I could hold a crayon. Um, coloring's always been my thing. So becoming a tattoo artist and learning the technicalities of tattooing and machines and inks and needles and the billions of things that go into my job every single day all brings me to the point of being able to color how I've wanted to color. So when I first started doing color tattoos, 10 years ago now, you guys, I've been doing tattoos almost 10 years. Um, crazy. But, um, oh, not your mom on there. Hey, Josh's mom. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, mom. She's like, I love your purple hair. Thanks. Love you. Uh, but yeah, um, now that I'm finally learning everything that I need to do a technically sound tattoo, I'm able to concentrate more on these colors and doing these conventions. I can go see all these other color artists and ask questions and see all the different vendors for inks and needles and use everything to see what I like the best, what works the best without having to go online and guess, actually being there in the field and seeing and everything. It's really helped me to be able to develop my skills far beyond than I could have ever imagined. And I'm not even in a my first full year yet. So I'm really excited to see what happens in the future. Uh, Heather, I had mass amounts of doodle bears because when doodle bears came out, I was about 10 years old and my little sisters were like two and three and they got whatever they wanted. Talking about we was comfortable. Yeah. Y'all was comfortable. <laughs> I lived in the broke era, but yeah. Um, so there were doodle bears everywhere. We had the big ones, the mini ones, the doodle dogs, like all of them. You remember? Yeah, we had it all. So doodle bears all the time. Unfortunately, I didn't discover, discover tattoos until I was like 26. 
So I, and I, I've had different passions all throughout my life, but because I've had so many different passions, it's been really hard for me to hone in on one. It's like, I have, um, passion ADHD. It's like, I'm always going from one thing to the other because I feel equally passionate about everything. And it's always been so hard for me to condense everything or to even choose one thing to put my all into. So exactly. So it's always been hard for me and I've always been all over the place and kind of just look like dust in the wind, kind of just look like a bum. Like, why don't you ever keep a job? It's like, I'm not going to stay at a job. That's not for me. I can't do that. It's not me. It's not in me. So for me, everything that I've been through trying to find my way, I've gained skills from everything that I went through that helped me to get to the path that I'm on because now I didn't find tattooing. Tattooing found me. Like, seriously, uh, not to sound like corny or weird or anything, but like destiny, seriously, destiny in so many different ways have brought me exactly where I am today. So I continue to follow my heart because my heart has gotten me this far, honestly. Uh, And, you know, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of hard work. (laughs) Always working, always working. But yeah, um... Let's bring it back around real quick to uh, the fact that this is a 420 podcast. So a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're getting super high right now um, because it. Oh, there's no blunt going. You're fucking fired. <laughs> Episode you're one. Mixed signals. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're right. Let's establish the ground rules for the podcast. Ground rule number one: some type of smoking has to be happening at all times. All right. So the last place you went to. The last place I went was Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. Mm, I did some cool shit there. No, seriously, I did um the Pokemon were super cool. Uh cuz I got to do them like the graffiti style or whatever. That's cool. But um I only did four of them and I still got like seven left. I would love to do the graffiti Pokemon. Um they're super cool. Those are small tattoos that I would love to do. Or anything in that type of style like I like to do the graffiti style. I love like random shit cottonmouth is creeping in bad y'all you have to be very careful to not look like you're sucking dick when you're on camera because someone will screenshot you (laughs) someone will screenshot you and photoshop a dick in your mouth at least that's what they do on my team they will sneak behind a curtain like this like you'll catch one of the dudes like this you'll because like all these conventions have convention food first of all just so y'all know one of my tips for going to conventions is pack a fucking lunch because all the convention food is pretty much the same right so all the conventions always have uh what what we like to call glizzies right hot dogs oh man never catch a man eating a hot dog right so these dudes they like wait to catch you slipping they'll be behind a curtain like this <laughs> Nobody will have the hot dog light. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, what kind of tattoos do I hate doing? I don't think that's fair to talk about. <laughs> There's probably a lot of people that have tattoos, and I don't want them to think like I hated doing their tattoos. Okay. But green flags from customers. Do your thing. I trust you. That's like the biggest green flag I think for any creative profession. Ever been in a situation you felt really uncomfortable doing a tattoo and now and how did you handle it? If so, and whose ass was it on? <laughs> I don't mind tattooing asses. Not, I mean, it's not like, oh, I love tattooing asses, but I mean, like when you're tattooing a, an ass, um, the client is face down, <laughs> chilling. Like, it's just like, like you're doing a piece of paper, like there's not even a person there. 
because they're just so chill and you can't see their face if they're in pain because I am an empath and I don't like putting people in pain. So when people make pain faces, it does bother me a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, um, there was an uncomfortable situation once. I, t- I tell this story a couple times because anybody asked me if uh, I ever had to s- stop doing a tattoo and kick somebody out. And, and once I did <clears throat> because there was this man who was getting a tattoo for me on his forearm and was grabbing my breast. Like, and I'm like, whoa, like, stop. And he was like, I'm so sorry. You're just so beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And this was when I first opened my shop. So I was pregnant with my son and I'm like, bro, like I'm pregnant. Like you're being mad and appropriate. Like, please let me finish. And he was like, all right, I'm sorry. Like there was clearly at this point, I realized there was something there was something kind of mentally wrong with him. I think like he was kind of, he was a little bit different. Anyway, it continued to happen. And eventually he started to make some remarks about, about my baby. So I was kind of just like, you know what, bro? Like you're going to have to go. Like you got to leave. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And he was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, no, that's cool. Like, please just leave. I don't, he was like, but you didn't finish. I'm like, that's fine. If you want someone else to finish it, fine. Please just leave. And it was one of my original designs, too. That was just crazy. But it was just like a little geometric thing or whatever. But, yeah. So I kicked him out. And that was... I blocked him on on social media because that's how he messaged me. was on Facebook. So I blocked him on everything. And that was that. Never heard from him again. I think he might have been a little embarrassed. But at the same time, good. Creep. How does it feel to travel to different places to do tattoos? And have you learned a lot? Yeah. It feels... Like, I was always meant to do it, actually. And I do remember, if you remember, Maddie, because you were there, but, like, after my first convention, I really said, like, I feel like I'm meant to do this. Yeah, I said, I feel like I'm meant to do this, seriously. And now, doing so many, um, it definitely can get overwhelming, but it's, like, I've been overwhelmed by so much in my life, so much bullshit, that this is the type of overwhelming feeling that I'll take, like, I'll be stressed out, but, like, I'll still have a smile on my face because, like, I'll take this stress any day. Like, it's nothing. It's, like, whatever. And it's, like, it's a lot, guys. Like, seriously, like, I plan, like, imagine planning a vacation for yourself um, and all the stress that goes into that, into flying and booking Airbnbs and booking cars and knowing your surroundings and finding places to eat. Like, I do that every week, every week for places I've never been. And, um, a lot of times I'm completely alone too. So that's done a lot of growing within myself. So I've learned a lot about tattoos for sure. And tattooing in con- at conventions around all these people, like it's amazing, especially being able to absorb energy the way I do and just meet people and like make a lot of good friends. And I have made a lot of good friends on the road and in the convention circuit that I do get to see every week. Like we're like a family in the conventions. It feels like But um, not only have I learned a lot from them, but I've learned a lot about myself and I've learned a lot about the world and people. I've just learned a lot in general about life and uh, what it's like to to be completely alone and, and have nobody to rely on but yourself to figure out how to get from one place to another and having to look up, I look up, uh, uh, I go on Google reviews and look up restaurants and look up pictures of restaurants to decide if that's where I want to go because I always had social anxiety. And we were literally just talking about this when I rolled up here, but we were talking about how back in the day I would go, um, 
I would get invited places like out in Cleveland or something like that. And I would drive there and I wouldn't be able to find a place to park. So I would just like go home, like fuck this, <laughs> fuck this. Or I'd be like, what's the, what's the bathroom situation like there? <laughs> like, cause like if, the, if I can't get to a bathroom quickly, like when I have to pee, I'm not going there. So yeah, there's a lot of anxiety that I've had to get over in my life. Um, I just had an episode, uh, in Chicago uh, me and one of my teammates were out there and he had to stop at one place. So I dropped him off there and I was sitting outside, but I had to pee like really bad. And we were in Chinatown in Chicago. So like, if anybody knows anything about like big cities in Chinatown, like Chinatown really is Chinatown. Like it's like all Chinese people, like, right. Like they're not fucking with you. They hate Americans. So I'm like, fuck, I got to pee. But, like, I don't care. Like, I'll buy something somewhere, like, as long as I got a bathroom. But, like, everywhere it says, like, no bathrooms, no bathrooms, no bathrooms. Like, I would have to, like, go into a sit-down re- restaurant, sit-down order, and then go to the bathroom. Like, that was too, that was doing too much. I went into a Walgreens because I'm like, oh, back home, Walgreens is always have a bathroom. Like, whatever. So I went into a Walgreens, a Chinese Walgreens, because it said Walgreens, and then it said it in Chinese underneath. And I'm in there, like, like a little kid, like, you don't got a bathroom. And like this fucking pharmacist bitch come out. She's going to be like, no, no, no bathroom. Try Starbucks. Try Starbucks. And I'm like, I'm about to pee my pants, lady. Like, please. <laughs> and she was like, go away. And then she just like went and like slammed herself into like some room, like a panic room or something. Like they really hate Americans there. So I had to get back in the car. So then I remembered the day before we went to this Chinese restaurant, but we went to this place called China, uh, Chinatown Square. Um, but I remember we went to a restaurant there that was open and that we, I used their bathroom and you could order to go. So I ran there and like ordered like a whole meal to go and like to use the bathroom. (laughs) But that, no, seriously, (laughs) but that whole situation just like, that was like one of my, my biggest fears. Like I'm somewhere in a place I don't know and I have to use the bathroom and there's nowhere I can go. Like I was like, cause at this point we had already checked out of the Airbnb. So there was like, literally like, there's no house or nothing. Like I don't know anybody there. I have to find somewhere that I can use the fucking bathroom. Like. But that's just how deep the anxiety goes. So that's just how much strength I have built for myself going on these trips because I forced myself into situations that literally used to terrify me. I only fly Southwest. Um, and it just kind of happened on accident at first. But one of the things I like, like most about flying Southwest is that I get two free uh, checked bags. So I get my two free checked bags, which are like, can be huge suitcases. And I get my carry on bag and my small personal item, which is my small backpack. That's a lot of money saved. saved. And I pack a lot of shit. (laughs) My, the dudes on my team are always like cussing me out. Like, dude, you fucking always, why do you pack so much shit? Like they all have like one book bag. They all have like three t-shirts, three pairs of pants and then undergarments. And then they have like a soap and a toothbrush. Like, but then they want to come in like, oh, Ray Beth, you got toothpaste. Ray Beth, you got this. Like, yeah, motherfuckers, because I bring everything. <laughs> but seriously, it's for my shoes. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, bathroom, bathroom anxiety. It is fucking real. Have you met anyone famous while on tour? I mean, technically, like anybody who's been on Ink Master. Like I met a lot of the Ink Master dudes. Know a lot of them. Talk to a lot of them. Um, besides my boss, who was on season one. But um, I think the coolest thing was um, in Atlanta, I met Funny Marco, who, if you guys don't know who Funny Marco is, please, for the love of God, go YouTube Funny Marco or Cornbread TV, where he does interviews with celebrities because he is fucking hilarious. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, because he's like he's like a professional troll, if you guys know what that he, that is. And he actually did a video. It's on YouTube. If you go to Funny Marco's YouTube and look up uh, Heads Up, and it was in Atlanta like three three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. Um, he interviews one of the guys on my team, and you see my purple hair in the background the whole time because I was tattooing. <laughs> I wasn't sure what I was doing. I'm kind of like low key, not even about to lie to y'all right now. Thinking about them snacks. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and stop it there. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to what I had to say today. And please tune in next time because trust me, I have a lot more to say. So if you haven't already, please like subscribe, and follow any page that has to do with this podcast, High Vibes Hangout. This is Ray Beth from Inkspired Studios.